welcome to the Fizzle Show. In this episode, we're answering listeners' questions, all of which about tactics to increase your traffic. You'll get solid stuff in this, and I mean it. Uh, Corbett has some killer insights because, well, he's been doing it for quite a while. And uh, and more importantly, I think, though, the mindset that'll get you further and deeper in your business as it relates to things like SEO, traffic analytics, stuff like that. Your hosts are Corbett Barr. If uh, if he were a cast member of Three's Company, he would be Jack Tripper. Serious, decent looking, and knows how to stand his ground when the chips are down. Caleb Wojcik, he'd be Chrissy Snow. Unflappable, good in tight situations. And let's be honest, looks like a bald Suzanne Summers. Chase Reeves is clearly Mr. Roper. That's me. <laughs> Once you open up that door, he won't shut the hell up. <laughs> I love that one. Comes to us from none other than John Lee Dumas of Entrepreneur on Fire. If you haven't listened to Entrepreneur on Fire yet, you should definitely check that show out. In fact, Corbett, Caleb, and I have all been on his show, and I'll put links to those in the show notes of this episode. You can find that at fizzleshow.co slash 57. If you want to follow along, head there. Otherwise, I'll be back after this to fill in any gap. So let's get into it. Guess, guess, guess what I'm drinking today. What? <laughs> it's kind of weird. I don't, I don't even know how it came up with. Well, it kind of felt like coffee, but I didn't want to have a coffee and a cocktail separately. So of course not. I decided to merge the two, and I was thinking I would just pour a little whiskey in my coffee, but then I remembered that I have this maple whiskey, which is horrible. It's like undrinkable normally. Mm. So I decided to put maple whiskey in my coffee with a little cream, a little half and half, and some maple damned. sugar that I had laying around. I'll be damned. And it's not so too it, shabby. So it's like a, it's like a coffee mud, maple mudslide. <laughs> yeah. You're drinking a tree. Exactly. You're, exactly. you're drinking a tree. You are the problem, basically. Pretty tasty. Well, I'm going for a. Uh, I'm halfway to. Uh, I'm. I'm. I'm a little over halfway to a Negroni. I'm doing uh, just Campari and sweet vermouth and club soda instead of gin. Well, isn't that dandy? Because I'm not a monster. No, you're you're not. <laughs> I'm not a damn monster. Do you normally Caleb, double up on gin uh, when you make a Negroni? I don't, no, I don't double, but I will. I'll probably it'll probably you get a little bump. It's it's definitely bumped on the gin because otherwise it's too it's too sweet. Yeah. It can be too too cloying. Caleb, you you into anything? Or are you just petting a dog? I'm not petting a dog, and I went to the dentist today, so I have like half numb face going on right now. Oh. <laughs> have you ever heard that whole Cosby skit? Yeah, I was yeah. just like, oh, yeah. Fiba, Fiba. <laughs> so not that bad anymore, but I'm doing. When okay. he picks up his lip, can you boost to me, Nimbus? <laughs> so good. My goodness. Okay, so I want to. I like we we talked about what are we going to talk about? We've got all these ideas for shows. But we've got all these questions from listeners backing it, backing up in the pipes. Basically, they're backing up my pipes. If you get my, it's meaning. like spackle in your bowels. It's like <laughs> it is just like that. I'm spackling tall cotton over here. Um, so I need to get this spackle out of my system because because these are people who, who are who are emailing and calling in with questions about their business. This is something we like to do. Uh, just so anybody knows, you can go to fizzle dot oh, is it fizzleshow dot co slash ask right, Caleb? Yeah, that takes you right to the voicemail one. And you can you can just write on your computer, record a voicemail. Basically, it'll use your built-in microphone and stuff. It'll send it right to us as soon as you do it. And we'll be able to use it live in a show and answer your questions. Um, so feel free to do that. We'd love to hear about your specific business. Tell us who you are, what you're doing, um, and, and what your specific challenge is. So on the show today, we've got a handful that we'd like to get to. Uh, and we'll see if we're able to get <laughs> through as many as we'd like. Because if you have listened to any of these before, we get pretty in-depth and kind of end up taking really long time on each question. But that's because we care, right, guys? Yeah, or because we just have zero sense of time. Oh, God, we don't have any time. I got to say, I was, a, I was in a coffee meeting this morning with a friend of the show, she was interviewing me about humor, of, of which I, I couldn't, unfortunately, give her any insights. I was like, I don't know, uh, be really insecure and really need people to like you? That seems to be a good <laughs> equation for humor. Um, but she was she told me the story about how she doesn't listen to podcasts. Like, she doesn't like, she doesn't listen in general. She's not a good listener. Um, and she said, uh, her, her friend Dane got her to listen to the show, and... 
she literally during one of our rants at some point was in the gym and she started laughing and laughing and laughing started laughing so hard that that she snorted and everybody in the gym apparently like stopped and looked at her (laughs) and i just can't tell you how much happy that gives me oh that's great Doesn't it feel so good to be the source of other people's embarrassment? Well, you said she's she, not a good listener, and so I'm imagining her trying to talk over us on the podcast. It's like an, <laughs> totally. a good listener like wants to butt in. And stuff. Yeah, totally. exactly. So did she tell you what made her laugh? No, I can't remember. She didn't mention the, the specific mm. part. Um, and I doubt. I, don't, I, I never, have my theories, but. what Really? What? No, I don't, I don't even know what episode yeah, it was. Yeah, I can't remember. So uh, another thing for the listener before we jump in, we are uh, going to be putting together a list of all of, of your favorite inside jokes um i we just we are? caleb caleb we have been putting this off for way too long i don't know if it needs to be in a wiki or something like that where everybody can everybody can be editors but um why don't we crowdsource this yeah so <laughs> i want listening so i want you to do, what i want you to do is i want you to, to send an email to hey guys at fizzle.co which of course is <laughs> one of our inside jokes that's great um to hey guys at fizzle.co and just you don't have to write anything in in beyond what your favorite inside joke is so you could just say and tall cotton or you could just say um let's see what else what's another what's another one Jeez, see it's so hard well, to think we of them when, when you need them you, well pause exactly oh, yeah. perfect so it's pause block wash bomb there's even a corb bomb the <laughs> self self-indulgent corb bomb right. um but send an email to hey guys at fizzle.co it won't take you more than a second just say oh my gosh this is the one that that sticks in my head or or whatever it ends up being there's rich tips soft tips hard costs <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love those. Like I, all I could get in my head when I was thinking about it recently, because I'm come to looking for shirt designs. I'm gonna, we're going to do a fizzle shirt. Is uh, is rich tips and hard costs? <laughs> I just thought about like how funny would that be on a shirt? Oh goodness gracious! Funny so to you at least send an email in. Uh, I re- we really love to to hear from you. Those will go directly to us. Okay, without any further ado, Caleb, let's get into uh, let's get into solving people's problems here. Corbett, are you excited about this? Are you excited to solve some people's problems? Yeah, jacked. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get Corbett on a rant here. I think so. Um, oh, good, okay. good. Let's get into it. So this question is from Tom. It says, "What's up with the rant on SEO companies? You make it sound like we're all scamming people. Come on, you have a show with a lot of listeners. Use your influence wisely. Not all SEO companies are scamming people and spamming links. Companies like." Seer Interactive and Distilled are amazing companies, and while they are not utilized by startup bloggers much, they have a place and a clientele. Um, did did we answer this one already? I feel like we answered one like this. One. Well, I, maybe I think maybe we saw it and we didn't get a chance to answer because he brings up a good point. What what was his name again? Tom. Tom. Okay. All right, Corbett, you're on the hot seat, pal. Well, okay. I I think first you have to differentiate between the types of people were talking about, not the SEO companies, but the potential clients. And for the most part, our audience is comprised of people that are trying to build something on their own, something independent, and um, they probably don't have a big budget, and they are really just trying to figure out who their audience is and why their solution matters and how to reach those people. And SEO companies... um, for the most part, for that audience, I think are a waste of time and money for a couple of reasons. First off, um, as we've said before a bunch of times, Google's job is to figure out the very best content that exists out there and to um, make that show up in the search results. And so anytime you figure out a way to game the system, which is what SEO was based on for a long time, uh, Google is eventually going to catch up with you and shut that loophole down. We see it all the time. Sites get crushed in the search results. They end up like dropping hundreds of ranks because they were relying on some old loophole. And Google finally caught up to it, changed their algorithm, and then their whole business was gone. So you have to be careful about what type of SEO you're engaging in. Now, I don't doubt that what Tom says about these big companies like Distilled or whoever he was talking about can provide value, but I'm guessing they're providing value for companies that are really big, not necessarily for our audience. Um, so that that's kind of the I don't know. What do you guys What do you guys hear over there? I think you're 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 really right. I mean, I I have friends that got hit really hard by the pa- Google's Panda update, and not just friends. I mean, there's also really big sites like Jason Calacanis is always bitching about that uh, because he had Mahalo. And Google's like, this is BS. Uh, mm-hmm. This is no no longer ranking. And his whole business lost like 
I don't remember how much, yeah. but a sizable part of uh, like they were counting. They had built a business around that repeatable income every single month. And it had repeated that way for like three years. And then all of a sudden it's gone in a heartbeat because you partnered with Google. Um, it, whether or not you did it like signing contracts or anything, but you built your business around search. Um, and, and that, that can be a, a you live by the sword, you die by the sword. <laughs> that reminds yeah. me of that, uh, the sloth, <laughs> the sloth picture <laughs> that I gotta, I gotta put that in show notes. Um, the live, live like a bee, gonna die like a bee. <laughs> Sorry, just writing that down so I don't forget. Um, God, I really like that one. I can't tell you how much I like it. Sorry, we just found a uh, we found a pretty sweet onesie to send our friends who are pregnant right now. It's a hipster sloth. Oh god, that's great. It's pretty cool. Yeah, and and sloth is another one cuz Corbett, you have this like thing for sloths. I don't know why I've I've only ever met one from a distance like 40 <laughs> feet away. I didn't even really get and to I could, and you hang just out couldn't, and say hi couldn't or anything. Catch up to him. Here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so for me, the the uh, the SEO thing, I've always wanted to know about it, and I feel and I always feel like there's things I don't know about. That man, if I could just know about, boy, so many people would be finding me. And then I'd, I'd research and I'd try, and, and the tr- the the only success I've ever had has been when uh, my audience that I currently have that currently knows about me shares things with their audience one at a time. I was talking with Fizzler Matt Giovanisi about this. Or or was it... Uh, who was it that I was talking to? Someone... Oh, now I'm, now I'm drawing a real hard blank. Uh, oh, that's weird. That's a brain fart. Uh-oh. I was talking to somebody who... It smells like toast. Do you smell toast? Uh, I was talking to somebody who really wanted to grow their podcast fast. How do we do this? How do we get it to the next level? I really want to get there fast. Um, and... I couldn't, I, and I remember those feelings with our podcast when it was month over month growth was big. Like it was a thousand new listeners every single month. We could just watch it. We started at seven, eight, nine, ten. It was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. If, if this keeps going like this, this is just, and then you get addicted to that growth, uh, but it didn't, and then it stopped. It just plateaued and it stayed the same, the, the same for forever, right? It drew, drove me crazy because that the, the way that that growth felt up front felt really, really good. It was dopamine central. I felt like I was winning the lottery every time I checked the stats, you know? Um, and we were just doing the same thing. We didn't change anything to do that. Uh, it was just always kind of doing that. We, didn't, we weren't like tacticking our way through growing by a thousand people a, a month. So then, I, I don't know, after, after you know, dealing with that for the second half of the year, this past year, I guess, um, I just came, kind of came to the point where, where it's like, you know what we do? We make this podcast and we try really hard for it to be something that other pe- that's helpful for other people. And, uh, and we also have a value that it stays fun for us. And we can just hope that it grows naturally and slowly over time. I think that initial growth is, was sort of a fluke and then we just lucked out and then we got whatever we got, we already had a big audience to talk to in the first place. And now the role is to actually ship an episode every week. It's not to grow the podcast substantially every month. Um, and I can, I, I can bring my expectations kind of like that, that course management thing we talked about in a few episodes ago. I can bring my expectations back to a stable kind of growth and build it around people instead of build it around some algorithm or some tactic or something like that. And this is where I'm tying it back into SEO. I know you thought I'd lost my train of thought there, but when you, I, I was know. just waiting patiently. Yeah, well, thank you. Well, that like goes into what I was going to say is about what platform are you choosing to build your business on? You know, you're talking about Jason Calcanis and how his business went away or one of his businesses went away because of a Google update. And that's because he built that business based on another business, another piece of software, something like right. that. People that have huge Facebook followings, as soon as Facebook made it, so you had to pay to reach more than like 15% of your audience and put in all those kinds of algorithms for ranking on Facebook page, you know, news feeds and stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. that hurt their business a ton too. So you have to decide what you're going to build your business on. What platform are you going to use to build it on? And yeah, you can use a combination of all of these and maybe you find that, okay, search is down this month. So let's put our focus somewhere else. But I think there are a lot of helpful things with SEO. I just learned at Wistiafest about video site maps and how those help Google find all the videos on your site so that you rank with the little video thumbnails when you show up in search. And so there's a lot of helpful things with SEO. 
but I think that people focus on it too soon, personally. Yeah, it seems like you guys tell me if I'm wrong here. The the most helpful SEO tips that even like you know a Matt Cuts or someone that's an absolute expert would say. Principally, you write great stuff that gets shared a lot because it's good and you, you use a, a keyword or two in your headline that are keywords that people who want this kind of thing are already using when they search. Um, and you do like H1 tags correctly on your website, which is something that every, you know, WordPress theme has done since, you know, 2001 or something. So that like, like, you know, you like how to really supercharge and increase your SEO. Use an H1 tag up top of your page to tell you what the title of your page is and so that people know and that Google will find it. It's like, oh, shoot, I'm already doing that. Like we really, we really, really, really want that easy button. All of us, yeah. every single one of us want, thinks and dreams of that there's something out there that we can do do that's just gonna man it's just gonna a secret knowledge somewhere and that's all i need and it's gonna take this to the next level and in my experience i have searched for that for a very long time and i've never found it uh it has all been built on you get to know your audience you get to know yourself and you combine the two in a helpful way <laughs> and hope for the best well, so, Kirby, you worked in search for a while and so seo is super hot do you think it's still hot or do you think everyone's moving towards this quote content marketing area now instead. Yeah, and that's going to change as well, right? Yeah. I mean, people moved into content marketing because that's how you got popular on social media and it also helped with your search rankings and that's going to change as yeah. well, I think. So, there's there's danger in always chasing chasing the hot trends as well cuz you're constantly like chasing moving target. If um the other thing is for me, when you start focusing on tactics, I think you take your eye off of the thing that's really important, which is you know, connecting with your audience and creating something that solves a legitimate problem for them. Um, so I'm always leery of people that are too focused on tactics. The other thing with SEO and just search rankings in general is that if you do your job right, like Chase was saying, if you create something that's really useful and that ends up getting shared because people find so much value in it, they want to share it with other people, that is 95% of the SEO game is creating something useful and getting it shared so that you have links coming into your site. Yeah. So if you do your job well, search engine optimization or search traffic happens naturally. We never worried about SEO at our sites, and yet we get tens of thousands of SEO visits or search visits every month. So just do your job right and and the rest will follow. And one last yeah. thing, Chase, um, mm. you mentioned the podcast I don't know if you looked, but um, we actually had a record week last week in terms of downloads. If you exclude the uh, the big standout week um, where we spammed everybody about six months ago, <laughs> aside from that, last week was a record week, and uh, the week really? before was pretty strong too. So you never know; oh. things are looking yeah. up. So yeah. quit, so quit looking at it, Chase, because it does well when you don't look. <laughs> it, seriously, I just want to say thanks to the podcast listeners. We actually really love you guys. We love to hear from you so much. When you see a new like Caleb today, like you went in and, and checked uh, iTunes reviews, uh, must have for the first time too, in a yeah. while. Yeah, and in in our little chat app, he was he kept like copying and pasting them in, and we were having little conversations about them. And it was like one was from a nine year old. <laughs> we were like, what is? What do you mean nine years old? Um, but it's just. It, we see these things. We love it. We'd love to hear from you guys. I and mean, we, we really are curious to hear how we can, you know, talk about things that you're really going to like even more because mm-hmm. the kinds of things that we have to deal with or have had to deal with over the last, you know, two years or two and a half years of building this, this company. And, and then the last, you know, five years of our, of our careers individually building sites and monetizing them and getting good at something and dealing with, you know, execution fatigue and all this other stuff. There's so, I mean, we could walk up to a microphone and talk for a million years on some of this stuff. Uh, and so if you have any insight on what you'd love to hear about, shoot us an email at hey guys, fizzle.co, write us a review, ask some questions. Um, I just, if there's something yeah. we can do for you, let and us know. even just tweet us. I mean, that makes a big difference. Like when we hear from people, like the episode 55 on romance and revenue, uh, relationship yeah. tips for entrepreneurs. People really liked that one, and they kind of came out of the woodwork to tell their story, and um, it lets us know we're onto something. It does, and it's, I mean, you guys are pretty constant and true, and you're like, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's good. And for me, I'm like, nobody's tweeted, and so I'm good. <laughs> no one likes anything I ever make, and I'm never gonna be good enough. And no wonder my dad doesn't love me. <laughs> so it's like, it just you're just you're just perpetuating the evil in my life when you don't tweet me. Yeah, that's and that that's just uh, what happens between noon and one every day. You know it too. You're getting used to that now I with am. me, huh? Yep. 
I know you are. I know, and I appreciate I know the, it. I know the ebb and flow, and I know the uh, the caffeinated chase, and the yeah. you know, I had a shitty day, and everything's in ruin, and I'm bogged down, and I yeah. I, I, there's some things I'm real good at, and I'll always be good at, and then there's other things that's like just freaking work, <laughs> and we all have to do both those. <laughs> totally. I guess. Okay. So that was Tom's question. Tom, I, so I hope you can hear uh, what we're saying. What you do for a living if you're an SEO is not a bad thing. Well, unless you're doing the black hat stuff. Um, in which case, like, that's fine. But we're principally interested in helping people make businesses that are going to last through every Google trend and every search trend and every social trend mm-hmm. and all this stuff. And that means connecting and making making something that's good for people and then connecting the people who need that thing to that thing. And that as search helps a ton with that. But what do you do beyond, you know, optimizing your site which is probably already is according to if you're using any modern theme um well you can you can get really into the analytics around what posts are working well and then write more stuff like that and then optimize those pages themselves for conversion and for other sorts so and i don't know if you're if people consider that seo so much as 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 conversion optimization or site you know workflow or all this other stuff there's a ton of things that data and search and can lead to you know doing keyword research before you write about a topic to see what kinds of words you could use in a headline for something like that. That's that's something people do. I've I can't I've yet to find a site where I can do that. That makes sense to me. But uh, but I have been. This this is okay. Hold on, guys. This has yeah. changed my life. Here's one tip. Okay, when you want to write something about something, uh, find a book on that on that title on about that. Find a few books on that. Okay, on Amazon. Uh, you could look at the table of contents. That can be helpful, but most help, more helpful than anything else. This has literally changed the whole last four months of me writing and making anything. Look at the three-star reviews on that book and just read through every single one of them if you can. Because you'll what you're going to hear is what was good about it and what it's lacking and, wh- and why people didn't connect with this book. And you're going to see the gaps in it so quickly. And some are better than others. But um, I just find that... I go when I want to talk about something. I, I my mind rushes at light speed to some uh, you know point of view on this thing that nobody understands, and I imagine everybody does, and they don't. And so when I just take a step back and a breath of, and and go look at like basically the comments of people who didn't understand a thing about a book or a topic, then I'm like, oh yeah. So I'll have to connect these three points together before I can make that fourth one. Mm-hmm. That's a huge tip. Just so you know, it's pretty rich. Huge tip. <laughs> that was so rich. <laughs> this is a um, huge tip. And by the way, so just to, to kind of finalize our address to Tom, um, no offense to any SEO companies that are doing a good job. However, yeah. the majority of the industry is complete bull garbage. We get messages from like spammy SEO companies five or ten times a day. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and a lot of them are overseas and a lot of them are just following trends that have been around for a long time and they're late to the game. If I was an SEO company or if I was trying to help people improve their marketing, I would be looking to change my name and my identification so that it's not associated with SEO. And that's exactly what the market leader did a couple of years ago. SEO Moz is now just Moz. Um, I think they realized there's a lot uh, more to building a thriving business and a popular site than just trying to game the search engines and they're trying to do a whole lot more with it now. So I would follow their lead and figure out, you know, what is the pain point that you're solving for people instead of what tool do you bring to the table? Yeah, yeah, I absolutely agree. Okay, so how did we do on our timer there, Caleb? Was that, <laughs> We're going to have to speed that, it up if we want to get to the six minutes, 39 but... minutes on the first one? Great, great, great. About 20. <laughs> okay, good. All right, so another question, ready? Yeah, yeah. All right, we have a question here from Robert. Robert says, what are the steps that capital U, capital guys, would follow to increase the traffic for a new blog. So basically, what would you do launching a blog from scratch? Where would you get traffic? How did you first get traffic to your guys' blogs? Okay, Corbett, you got to start on this one because you're sort of the king. Okay, Um, so when I launched Think Traffic, I had already been blogging for a year or so. Well, I don't know. So start with that blog, maybe. Where should I start? The first blog. Okay, so the first blog. Um, Basically, I spent a couple of months just figuring out who I was, what I was writing about, what it felt to write in public like, and uh, sending blog posts to friends and kind of getting them to give me some feedback and comment on things. Like in-person and, friends, right? Not You didn't have any online? Yeah, no, really, I didn't have a whole lot of profile online. So these were just people from LinkedIn or whatever that I had worked with before or just friends that I could email. 
So I did that for a couple of months, and I started looking around at different sites that were popular, and I started thinking, like, how do you actually attract an audience? You have to figure out where people exist already, and then uh, try to bring them back to your site somehow. So you could do that on the search engines, because people are hanging out there looking for answers, and you could bring them back to your site, but that's a long cycle. Um, you can do that over social media, which I focused on, but that's kind of a long cycle as well, because you have to build up your following over time, and it's just kind of a, a long process. The other thing that I noticed was that there were a lot of other blogs out there that were popular that had really big readerships, and it's not a long process to get to know someone and potentially somehow get featured on their site and uh, and drive traffic that way. So that was my main strategy for both my first site as well as Think Traffic. Basically, figure out where the other blogs are in your industry that are popular, who runs them, how to connect with those people, and how to make it beneficial for those people to link back to you somehow. So you can do that via guest posting. <clears throat> That's a strategy that still works very well. In fact, a fizzler, uh, John Corcoran, has been going after guest posting really strongly. He writes for a site called The Art of Manliness right now that does really well. And he recently got 400 email subscribers from one single guest post. So that's a really strong strategy, and that's something wow. that I pursued. Um, another thing is uh, vanity works well. You can talk about other blogs and why you love them and why they're important and name names and link to those sites. And a lot of times you'll get on someone's radar and you can earn links from people that way just because they're like, hey, you know, look at this review somebody gave about my site or look at what so-and-so said about me. You know, people will link to you because of that. So don't overlook vanity and just being, you know, genuinely nice about other people online. Um, that's a good way at least to get on people's radar and butter them up for when you actually reach out to them. Then um, the big thing that I did, the breakthrough that I had about three months into blogging was I decided to orchestrate a survey. Um, and I reached out to the biggest blog in my niche at the time. I was blogging about lifestyle design and location independence and things like that. And there was a site called locationindependent.com. And I reached out to uh, Leah and made a proposition. I said, I would love to run a survey coordinated across all the different blogs in our site to find out who really is location independent and how do they earn a living and what is their life like? Because we all have these different questions about that. And I would like to orchestrate the survey, put it together, um, facilitate it across all these different blogs, and all I need from you is co-sponsorship. So your name will be at the top, your logo will be there, it'll be co-sponsored by my site and your site. And I was a no one, and she was an A-lister in that space. And um, she agreed to it, and that ended up making it really easy for me to reach out to the 30 or 40 other blogs in our space to say, hey, I'm co-sponsoring a survey with locationindependent.com, which you know, and um, if you run the survey on your site and send people back to uh, the survey that's actually on, on my site, I will share the survey re results with you, and you'll get to use that to create all kinds of content from. We're going to find out answers to all these different questions. So in the end, about I don't know, 30 or 40 different sites participated in this, and all they did was they wrote a blog post each on their own site, and sent people over to a page on my site that had this survey. So I got a flood of visitors to the survey and um, suddenly was perceived as a leader in this space overnight. I'd only mm -hmm. been blogging for three months. And this made a really big difference for me. And this was like, you know, the, the breakthrough. This was the pivot, basically. And then from then wow. on, um, I just had a lot more clout than I did before. And it was much easier to get on people's radar and do what I wanted to. So wow, so that was guess, there's three you said guest posting, vanity, you know, talking about them, loving them on online basically. Uh, and then three, doing like an industry-wide survey. And, and, and <laughs> I hope that, you know, because one of the other things you also said, uh, you also, well, yeah, I guess a fourth would be like one of those roundup posts where you sort of get an answer from 10 people in your industry on a specific question, you know, and you're able to say like, here's what, you know, top entrepreneurs say about blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Uh, and and because you put that into starter blog that matters it was really it, like you now see a bunch of those posts out, out there and and they're still wildly effective for traffic because they're and i even even when we see students like or fizzlers putting those things out it's it, i 
I kind of can't help but like browse through them and go like, oh yeah, that's interesting. Oh, that's a good, that's yeah, good and idea. you know, I, I don't know that they're wildly effective anymore. That's that was how I launched Think Traffic actually yeah. uh, with one of those roundup posts, and then I ended up you know uh, telling people about it in Start a Blog That Matters, and it's kind of been beaten to death. So yeah. I don't know that it's still wildly effective, but just think about that. Like, how can you do something that is more than just a regular blog post. How can you create something that's more interesting for some reason and link worthy? Like, you know, why should people link to your site or why should people share your article? What's newsworthy about it that's different from something else? And that's the whole premise between behind the idea of writing epic. Shit. It's like just trying to stand out in some way um, because there are you know thousands and millions of different blog posts coming out every day, and uh, it takes something special to stand out. It's it's all about differentiation and kind of shaking people out of their normal patterns and getting their attention somehow. And that's the whole idea of a survey, and that was the idea behind doing a roundup post, although um, I think the effectiveness has kind of worn off on some of those things. So you have to invent something new yourself. Hmm. Um, and you know, another thing that works is talking about really hot topics, things that are fresh and new and interesting that have a lot of momentum behind them. Um, and I don't think you should overlook that. You know, whatever Whatever you're in right now, try to use... Uh, keywords that people are talking about, you know, like imagine if you started writing about Bitcoin a couple of years ago, you know, or or last year even, um, that was a really popular thing. Um, so just just think about what the trends are and and the new interesting hot things that people are talking about in your industry. Well, mm. behind all the things you said is there are people that could eventually be in your audience that are in other people's audiences, and that's what you were capitalizing on as you were trying mm-hmm. to get in front of all of these other audiences and get connected with the people that. You know, had those audiences, and the combination of those two things helped you, you know, boost your growth at the beginning. And you mentioned uh, write epic. Shit. Uh, we should mention we have a brand new page on the Sparkline on our blog, uh, calling together all of our most popular and best topics. We didn't have this for a long time, um, and then we did this big. Uh, I did not this big. Here's a great, great report to run in analytics and Google Analytics. You basically, you know, get to your pages, uh, you rank them by uh, uh, traffic to them, but then you weigh that against um, time on that page. So mm-hmm. the average time on that page. So, and then what you'll see is a list of your posts that have the most traffic and the most time on the page, which means these are essentially the most engaged with posts because you might have some posts that have like two people that get to them and they spend 25 minutes on that page well that's cool but that might that's not as good as a post maybe that has two hundred fifty thousand people to it that spend three minutes on it if three minutes is is way more than the average time like if three minutes is the amount of time it takes to read that post basically because so many people are clicking on your site they see a thing they, they scroll around and they don't engage with it so it's it's a little kind of hack way of i guess finding the most engaged with articles on your site and so we did this and what we know now is we could put we put this list together of hey here's our literally our best stuff not Mm -hmm. based on the things that we think are the best not based on the things that have the most traffic but that might get like you know browsed out for a second like some quick you know cat gif or something like that these are things that get read through all the way or watched through there's a bunch of videos watched through all the way to to the end um so uh i think you you might find some good stuff in there like you mentioned right epic that's one of your absolute you know all-time big hitters Corbett that you wrote a while ago and it's still to this day like it's it's like it's impressive it's it's inspiring and we we're doing a a poll within the fizzle forums about like what shirt what should we make and I had spent a bunch of time putting together three ideas and people are like wait where's the one that's right epic shit I want I want to wear a shirt that has in big letters right epic on it yeah (laughs) it's crazy yeah don't underestimate that that um you know writing something that sort of shapes the way people in your sphere think about things. You know, um, yeah. one post can really make a career or a handful of good posts can really make a career. So Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool. So hopefully that, that answers that question. Do you think we, anything else to add, Caleb? No, I think that's it. All right, Robert. So hopefully that helps you. Uh, I, and actually, those are some, <laughs> that's like a, a big and awesome list with a handful of great stories. I'm glad that you were like right there, Corbett, with, with all those things to, to tell about. With some rambling in between, hopefully it came out all right. Oh yeah, you actually could have done a lot better. I'm Dang glad it. you brought that up because I have a lot of constructive criticism. All right, for offline, you. I'll save it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Caleb, give us the next one. All right, we have a question here about analytics, and it comes from Bill. Let's take a listen. 
Yeah, hey guys, listen, on the last show, you had a phenomenal idea, and it was actually a good question that I think maybe you could kick off. Um, Google Analytics, Clicky, whatever. Um, for those of us just starting a business, what would be the top three analytics that you would either install, check, whatever? What would be the top three things you would measure when just starting a business? And then how often would you check them and use them and all that stuff? That's great. My name is Bill, and I'm a fizzler, and you guys are great, and thanks so much for everything. Oh, Bill, thanks, man. That's great. Yeah, that's good. Nice, solid, uh, solid, compact question. Yeah, and I like his accent, too. He's like, yo, so I don't know if, like, I'm starting a bit a business, right? So I'm like, what? Yeah, I don't want to waste time, right? Because I'm Bill, right? So it's <laughs> like... danger field in there. Yeah. Hey. I think we just lost our uh, Bill contingent. <laughs> Bill contingent. No, I like it. I'm so drawn to guys like that because they just seem so much tougher than me. Like oh, by just, I wouldn't doubt that. By nature, like just like by nature, they're just so much more tough and, and intense than me. Yep. And I just, I, my, it's my whole job in life just to try to befriend them so I don't get my butt kicked. So there's two questions there. One was which three analytics programs, services would we recommend? And then what would you measure and how often would you check it? Was All that right, it? I'm, I'm ready to jump in. All right, do it. All right. Get warm. All right. Okay, got it. Um, So, uh, Bill, here's what I do. Uh, For anybody else thinking about it, I would just install Google Analytics up front. Okay, Uh, it's free. It's it's easy. All right. You guys are gonna have your own answers to these. All right. But if you you, you're specifically saying, Bill, for just starting out, I would install Google Analytics and I just have that. What I would do is I would essentially. I think at the very beginning, your whole dream and your your single MO is to understand who these people are and what the heck they actually want, what they want out of life, what's going on with them, what their problems are. Essentially, you have ideas about what their problems are, but you don't, but, but I'm, tr- I'm going to try to get you to, to understand that you don't actually know what they, what they want yet because you're going to make something. Uh, and then they're going to be like, yeah, this is good, but I really wanted that. And you're going to be like, wait, this is, that's what this is. But they're going to be like, no, but you called it this. And you're like, oh my gosh, it was just a simple language thing. So in the writing, I'm imagining this being a blog, someplace where we're writing, someplace where we can have that instant feedback, even if it's only with, you know, 10 people every month or every day or something like that. Um, and, uh, so I would say your, your principal, your MO up front is to write stuff to learn from your audience who they are and what they want. Okay. You're letting them pitch their problems to you. You're, you're an apprentice of them. You're looking at them saying, okay, you're very, you're like a, you're like a, uh, a golden retriever. They're the master and you're just so intent on what they're doing and where they're going. And you're, you're very eager to learn from them. Um, if you can get into that mindset and then you do activities to stay in that mindset, you write things, see how that performed, see how that performed, see how that performed. And you can see how, when I, you know, you write a blog post, how did it perform? Traffic up front can be kind of a, a bummer analytic tool. Uh, maybe sometimes just looking at the, the number of, of social media mentions and shares and things like that. Um, and even the number there isn't as important necessarily as the quality of the feedback that you're getting maybe. And I go either way on that because sometimes you get a really great intense quote from someone or a comment from someone that can take you in a direction that might not be representative of the majority of your audience. They might just be a really like, you know, a loud minority. Um, like we get people canceling fizzle and they, there's a little uh, survey they can fill out at the end. And I love getting those. They get emailed directly to me and Corbett. And right at one, right after the other, I could hear someone say, I liked it, but it felt like there wasn't enough stuff for the expert. And right after that, it's like someone saying, I liked it, but it was just so all over my head in some ways, you know? And it's like, wait, wait, I'm pretty sure we could coach you through and you both would find what, what you needed. You kind of maybe blew through it a little too fast. Um, because both those things exist in there, but these, this is me learning from them how we need to pitch this stuff and talk to them. Um, Sorry, I'm getting a little bit 
No, I know that I, I know I'm, sc- I'm scatterbrained on this thing, but I, I recognize this problem so much. I, I want you to be able to, to focus on what you make and making that solve a problem for somebody instead of does it scratch your own itch? Does it do this, that, and the other? The performance of this thing is the quality of whether or not people go like, yes, me too. Oh my gosh, that's totally what I want. Um, I like that, but I think this would be even better. Or it reminds me of this and you're basically just looking to learn early on. So you're not going to see a lot of traffic. You're not going to see a lot of this, that, and the other. Um, and, and that's perfectly fine. That's normal for a business that grows and sustains over time. Okay. If you want to do a big, huge flash in the pan thing, that's a very different thing. You could buy a lot of traffic. You could do a lot of advertisement. You could do all that kind of stuff. Um, but I've never, I've never done that. So for, if I could go back to me starting Father Apprentice, um, and even starting with the rebrand of, of Fizzle and, and all of the things that I went through after that, I would say, listen, it's not about the traffic and it's not about your analytics right now. It's about understanding this audience and really getting to know them and to nail them. What's your analytics tool that you use for that? Um, Any person that you can talk to, probably more so than Google Analytics up front. Um, But then having Google there so that you you can every month, I'd say, get in and say, all right, what's performing well? And that... That analytics report I just mentioned, looking at engagement instead of just sheer traffic, could be really, really helpful. So what I do there is I go and look at all the content. I sort the content by um, by traffic. So the most trafficked posts are up, to, uh, pages are up top, and and it kind of tails off down towards the bottom. And then there's there's a little. Um, there's a little uh, thing on the right for the second column, and I could choose what, what I do there. And so I do average time on page by there. But then there's an icon that looks like it has a side, li- like a, two lines on it, like a, like a sideways line, not a line graph, sorry, a, po- a sideways uh, bar graph. Okay, And what that does is when I click that for that second one, it shows me things that are in the green to the right and in the red to the left. These are above and below average. For you, so you might see some posts have someone spending a lot of time in green. Your blog page should have a lot of people. It should probably have more people spending more time on that page, um, but that's a little less valuable than this single blog post. So knowing which blog posts are actually getting engaged with, I think, is really valuable because that means you're striking a chord. Your people are like liking this. They like the way you wrote this. They like the headline. They like the the beginning of this. They, that gets them reading all the way through it. So you've just found a really piece of solid a piece of solid gold on your site that you can promote everywhere because you have the confidence to know that this is something that people are liking and engaging with. So that is what I would say for three months. You focus on just that. You I feel like I missed the point. Uh, let me just try to restate what Chase said in just a couple of sentences because yeah, I think he's could. I think he's dead on. Um, basically, your job in the beginning is to figure out what the hot buttons are. So, what things people actually connect with, what they're really interested in, what they feel like is worth spending their time reading about and interacting with, mm. and traffic. And analytics are one way to measure that. And you can either just look at the raw number of people who are visiting individual posts or how much time they're spending on posts. Those are all good things to look at. But in the beginning, traffic is so low overall um, that you're also going to want to look at other things like comments, social media shares, and if people are emailing you directly. All of those things are signs that point to uh, whether or not you've pushed a hot button um, that you've stumbled upon some issue that really matters to people. And mm-hmm. once you do that, it's time to follow that lead and see where it goes and dive into that issue more deeply and see if you can go back to that well over and over again and get people to come back to your site because they can't get enough of that one particular thing. Yeah, absolutely. Caleb, anything? Hey, well, to touch on how often would you check them? I mean, a lot of the things you guys said are semi-intangible, but there are ways to kind of count them up. But for things like traffic and subscribers and stuff like that, only weekly or maybe monthly. You don't want to get to the point where you're checking them every day, every hour. I know that I did that when I was first starting because it's exciting to see people come to your site and to see subscribers join, but eventually you're going to stop looking at that stuff that often, so don't start when you're first starting. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, startups, like, with crazy amounts of traffic and all this capital and all this other stuff, like, they they can make changes on uh, at 8 o'clock in the morning that that directly results in revenue at 10 o'clock AM, you know, and two hours later. But 
us building an audience from scratch, building, you know, fans around a topic that will hopefully sustain our business over the long haul where we don't need millions of people. We need like, you know, a hundred avid fans or something like that. We have a completely different trajectory. So don't, don't judge yourself by the articles being written for a completely different audience than what, than, than who you are. Right. Because yeah. um, there, there's a lot of hype about analytics and conversion optimization, all this other stuff. Up front, what matters most is as, as soon as you can, really, really, really getting into your audience's skin, making things for them, understanding what those hot button issues are, understanding where the, where the tensions are and the scandals are for them and what they really want and what the challenges are. That's, and, that's worth m- so much money over the, over the long haul for you. And that, that feedback loop is what you want. You want to put yeah. something out and then listen to see if anybody responds to it. And yeah. so that means a couple of things. One is, uh, if I was starting out, I would plaster my email address everywhere and make it absolutely clear that you want people to write you because mm. that feedback yeah. is really critical. I would also reach out to people proactively. If someone leaves a comment on your blog, they enter their email address there, write them and say, hey, thank you so much for the comment and try to strike up a conversation there. It might seem a little weird to those people, but that, that feedback is going to be invaluable. The other thing is that you have to try to make that feedback loop happen as often as possible. And I know there are some bloggers out there who write just once every two weeks or something, and they seem to do really well with that. But those people have already figured out who their audience is, and they know what they're writing about. In mm-hmm. the beginning, it's more likely that you don't really know what people want. And so that's where I would tend to post more often in the beginning. Write three or four times a week, make things a little bit shorter, but try out different themes and different tones of voice and, and things to see what connects with people. Yeah. And um, don't just think about your blog or your podcast as the place to uh, you know test out different ideas. Social media is great for that as well. You can put all kinds of ideas up on Facebook or Twitter over the course of a day, and you can see how many people favorited something or how many people retweeted or shared something on Facebook. And that gives you an idea if you shared something, whether or not they connected with it. And if they did, then it might be worth exploring in depth in a blog post or a podcast episode. Yeah, totally. All right, Bill. Hopefully that answers your question. Don't be offended by my uh, my horrible excuse of a of a impression of your accent, because ultimately I do know you could beat my ass. <laughs> I just know you could. I could tell because you come from you come from the real world. Good job rolling over Coast. on your belly. <laughs> <laughs> I am just a golden retriever. Well, guys, I think we should call it here. Uh, unless Caleb, do you think we could do one more like quickie? Do you want me to be honest? No. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't it, think That's we a big can. no. That's yeah. a big no. <laughs> the next one is is big ones? Yeah. They're all big ones, of course. Okay, so maybe what we should do is the next episode we're going to do because because there's two more questions around this topic, right? Yeah, but I could fit them in with something else. We can do one quick one. Like okay. you only get one sentence each. Okay. Okay. Each of us rapid fire. All right, let's listen to it. It's from Dan. It's about video and getting people off of video sites to your own site. 34? Right. Yeah. One Two, three. Hi guys, this is Dan. First off, thanks for doing the show. I love it and it's been a great resource. My question is, as a video content producer for Storage, how do I move viewers from watching content directly on a hosting site like Vimeo and get them to watch it on my site without losing viewership? I already mentioned my website several times have it watermarked in the lower right corner, and have experimented with part one and part two tutorials, with part two being exclusively available on my website, not being able to embed it anywhere else on the internet. I've only had very little success with it. Any advice would be great. Thanks. Oh, Dan, thanks so much. I love how considerate his question is. I like that he like took the time to really think it through and probably write it down. Um, Okay, Caleb, I'm going to let you start. So since you're already doing a lot of the things that I would recommend, I would say think of something downloadable or like a free course that you put on your site, not just part two of a video. I was kind of thinking along the same lines, a PDF of some kind, a checklist, some sort of tool, some sort of worksheet. Uh, something like that 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 could be could be doable. It depends, of course, on what you're teaching and and what kinds of what the topic is uh, around. But that would be uh, one quick thing that's triable. It's interesting that you've tried the part one and part two. Um, if they're not coming 
from that enough. It, it may it might not be a, a zesty, that zesty of a topic. So we mm-hmm. might need to do more work to find what what is really valuable to people around the things that you're talking about, perhaps. Corbett? And I would just uh, look at the bigger picture and like question your assumptions about what, what he's trying to do. So he wants to get more people to his website. Well, one way to do that is to increase the percentage of people who click through from videos that they're already watching onto his site. Another way to do that is to increase the number of people who are finding those videos in the first place. You could double that number, and you know, with the same conversion rate, you'll end up doubling the number of people coming to your website. So you might look elsewhere. I mean, it could be that you're doing the best job you possibly can. You've sort of optimized that process already, and you're not going to increase that conversion rate very much from where he currently is. So yeah. you need to increase the inputs either to those videos or maybe he needs to start um, trying to get people to come to his website directly in the first place instead of uh, you know going to Vimeo, however he's getting people to that site to begin with. Awesome. All right, Dan, hopefully that answers your question, pal. Uh, you guys, this was fun. Well, well we're going to have, I mean, we've got more to do. So next episode, we've got, uh, uh, what are the questions going to be on the next episode, Caleb? What are, what are they about? About things like sales, conversion, pricing, whether to charge for things or not around that oh, area. Gosh, this is okay. So this was like the traffic uh, episode, and that's going to be like the, the, the copy and, and sales and conversion and all that stuff. All right, guys. Well, I had a blast. I just feel just so damn energized when I get to talk with you guys. Also, I'm drinking, uh, but uh, that probably has less to do with it than just being in your in, in the presence, basking really in the presence of your wonderful spirits, you guys. I just got to say thank you, Corbett and Caleb. You make my life. It's just so gall darn neat. Wow, so much sincerity. <laughs> I'm just overwhelmed by the sincerity. <laughs> I just love to work uh, in passion, and I, I I cater to passion, and I passionately passion others. So this is me pattering you with my passions, um, and I wouldn't, you know, be too particular about how that passion sort of what what orifices it finds and um, how it makes you feel, because chances are the passion that I'm pattering you with is to be approachable, but you're going to have to think about it maybe from the past. Mm-hmm. I wish I, I wish I had something to follow that up with, but <laughs> I wish, I think wish that there were heat maps so I could see when people stop listening to our episodes. <laughs> <laughs> I've been Chase Warman Reeve. I've been Corbett Barr. And I've been Caleb Logic. I'll see you there. Or I'll see you another time. So there you have it. Head on over to fizzleshow.co slash 57. We've got some notes I put together for you there on all the things that we talked about in this episode, including that popular posts page that we've created, uh, the right epic shishi. Uh, shishi means something different, I think, than the, than the S word, but we'll go with right epic shishi. Uh, and, and a handful of other things, including those interviews that we did with John Lee Dumas, who I'm still sort of reeling from that whole Three's Company line that he wrote. Um, if you didn't know this, you can write the uh, lines. You know, every, every week I do a new sort of uh, introduction of the hosts, Corbett, Caleb, and I. Hey, if we were something, something, we'd be, Corbett would be this. Caleb, send in yours. Write it to heyguys at fizzle.co or include it in an iTunes review or something like that. Speaking of which, we got a really wild iTunes review recently. Uh, I won't read it here on the air, but if you're in the U.S., head to the iTunes uh, store and search for Fizzle. And check it out. See uh, what you think about it. And while you're there, maybe write your own review. And tell us what you think about the show. Now, <clears throat> next week, we're going to do some more Q&A, but on a totally different topic. So stay tuned. Tell your friends. Make it count. Find care. Take care. Serve hard and dig in. Thanks. I'll talk to you next Fizzle Friday. <laughs>